Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for Thursday, October 20th, as the Flyers now coming off their first defeat of the 2022-23 season, a 4-3 final in Florida against the Panthers, a game in which, again, they battled back, put themselves in a position heading into the third period to come away with a win. Unfortunately, two third-period goals to open that period uh, by Florida put the gap at two. Flyers could only get one more with 1.9 seconds left. Uh, Travis Konechny scored to make it a one-goal game, but that was too late, and Florida will take the two points. Their home opener, Flyers go down to Florida for the two games back-to-back and get two points out of a possible four. Conover- Carter Verhage opened the scoring for Florida 6.06 into the first period, and then only two minutes and 32 seconds later, he scores another goal. Uh, that made it 2 nothing at 8.38 of the first period. Eventually, the Flyers get on the board. Nick Sealer, of all people, on a secondary assist from Zach McEwen, picked up a goal at 16.31 of the first. And then with less than five minutes left in the second period, JVR on the power play once again. Had a power play goal last night against Tampa to tie the game. He gets it tied up again on the power play. Rebound scramble in front, and the Flyers get it tied heading into the third. But unfortunately, like I mentioned, Rudolph's Bowsers breaks the tie at 3.51 in the third period. Going down that left side is able to get the backhand up and over Felix Sandstrom, and then Josh Mahura extended the lead at 4-2 uh, in the third to 4-2 in the third period with 9:08 to go. And then, like I mentioned, two seconds left, 1.9 to be exact. TK scored for the Flyers uh, to cut it down to one goal. Not enough. Felix Sandstrom stops 31 of 35 shots. Flyers get outshot 35-34 in the game. Uh, Verhage with the two goals was certainly the player of the game and uh, the Flyers go down in defeat for the first time now the Flyers do have a power play goal in every one of their games this season four straight games that's the first time since March 9th through the 15th of 2021 that they have a power play goal in four straight games and they have opened the season on a four game power play goal streak for the first time since 0708 that was five games total uh, Nick Sealer, like I mentioned, scored that goal, his first of the season and fourth career goal and first since February 15th of 2022. And Kevin Hayes got a nice streak going to start the year as well. Seen a lot of ice time, obviously with the absence of Sean Couturier, uh, Kevin Hayes being relied on in more situations than ever before. He had two assists on the night, including his 200th, and that's his second multi-point game of the season. And he had now extended his season-opening point streak to a career-high four games. Only three skaters in Flyers history have posted a longer season-opening assist streak. Peter Forsberg did that six games back in 05-06. Pronger from the blue line, five games back in 11-12. And way back in 67-68, Leon Rochefort did it. Did not think we'd have a Leon Rochefort mention on this podcast. Uh, Travis Konechny with the two points, a goal and an assist in the game on the night. Uh, His third multi-point game of the season, and he leads the team in goals with four and ranks tied for first in points six on the season. And Tony D'Angelo, it was a very controversial signing, but he got an assist again, ended up on the score sheet on Konechny's goal, and his point streak is now at four games. He's got one goal, four assists, five points, and Tony became the fifth defenseman in Flyers history to start a season on a point streak of at least four games. Ben Wilson back in 81-82 had a seven-gamer. Pronger had that five-gamer back in 11-12. 
Gary Galley had a four-game uh, point streak, uh, 93-94. And Mark Howell did it twice in 88-89 and 84-85. So the Flyers go down against Florida. Back-to-back, tough spot for them on the schedule. Florida, a good team. I know they're missing Aaron Ekblad, but you know Matthew Kachuk now there. And they're a team that is looking to do big things. They fired uh, Andrew Burnett, or I don't know if they fired him, but they didn't extend him after he was named the interim coach last year when Joel Quenville was let go. Burnett led him to the President's Trophy, but kind of came up short in their estimation in the playoffs and in that second round. And eventually, he's now an assistant coach in New Jersey or an associate head coach to Lindy Ruff. He could end up with that job maybe sooner rather than later. And this Florida team is looking to do big things, make a big splash. Because you look across the state and the team that, you know, their in-state rival, the Tampa Bay Lightning, have been to three straight cup finals, won two cups, and certainly have uh, been one of the great teams of the last decade around the NHL. But the Flyers now will turn their attention, coming up on Saturday, to the Nashville Predators. Uh, Nashville will play tonight, as a matter of fact. And Nashville, a team that's off to a little bit of an erratic start, I guess you could say, because they started overseas. They got a couple of wins to start the season overseas in the uh, Global Series. They get the wins over San Jose in both games, 4-1 and 3-2. But since they've returned, they don't have a regulation win. Lost 4-1 to to the Dallas Stars at home. Lost 5-1 to to the Dallas Stars on the road. And then lost on Tuesday night to the Los Angeles Kings in a shootout. And they will play Columbus tonight uh, in Columbus and then travel back to take on the Flyers on Saturday. Flyers, I believe, will travel to Nashville on Friday. Today, complete day off per the CBA. I'm sure the players will get out, enjoy themselves, enjoy the good weather down in Florida, maybe hit a round of golf. Uh, whatever they want to do, and then probably on Friday have a practice in Florida and then head to Nashville and get the preparations underway for the last leg of this three-game road trip where they saw Tampa, where they saw Florida, and they'll see Nashville to close it out. And then they're coming right back to another back-to-back. The back-to-back on Sunday this week will be at home at Wells Fargo Center against the 0-5 as of right now, San Jose Sharks, who are really scuffling along here early in the season. So one of those, another test for John Tortorella. How does the team respond to a loss? We've seen them in all of their games so far, all four games, not score the first goal. Three of them they won, and even last night's game, they give up the first two goals of the game, but they battle back to get it tied again, head into the third period in a scratch hockey game, win a period, win a game. They weren't able to do that last night, and that certainly is not a recipe for success, not scoring the first goal. The numbers over about 20 years in the NHL speak to that. The team that scores first wins about 68% of the time in the NHL. The team that scores the first two goals, I think it's about 83% of the time they win those games. Flyers have bucked some of those trends here early in a small sample size, but you don't want that to be a trait going forward. Not that their first periods have been bad. Last night in Florida, Florida was all over them for the first 10 minutes of that. That's their home opener. You expect that. You're going to get everything in the kitchen sink thrown at you. Same thing the night before against Tampa. They were a team that wanted to come home, coming off a 6-2 loss against the Penguins in front of their home fans. They were a determined hockey team. Flyers weathered it, gave up the two power play goals in the second, ultimately ended up winning the game 3-2. Last night, 
uh, it caught up with them fully. They go into the third tide, but the two goals in that third period by Florida uh, were the difference in the hockey game. The fourth goal is one Felix Sandstrom's probably not going to like. Uh, fluttering puck a little bit. Looked like it dipped a little bit on him. I don't think Tony D'Angelo's stick deflected it. Sometimes those shots that aren't full velocity for a goaltender are a little bit more difficult. On a hard shot, you're just doing everything you can to stop the puck. And on those ones, you got to time a little bit, like a change-up. They can fool you a little bit. And that one seemed to fool Felix Sandstrom a little bit. Now remember, he didn't play uh, the whole back half of the preseason, played early on. Then in, I think it was the Flyers' fourth game, his third, saw two shots in the first period, and then ended up out of the game dealing with that lower body injury, which we would come to find out he was dealing with a groin strain and hasn't seen any game action since. So it's been a couple of weeks since he's seen game action. And, you know, now that the season's underway, there's not a lot of that practice time, no scrimmages. So he missed some key preparation time uh, throughout the, the remainder of training camp and then into the beginning of this season. Just cleared a couple days ago when they sent Sam Erson down. Uh, I imagine we'll probably see Felix again on Sunday when the Flyers take on San Jose and see Carter Hart on Saturday against Nashville. They're certainly the stronger opponent in Nashville uh, than San Jose. But John Tortorella said earlier yesterday that, you know, he's not a guy that necessarily prescribes to that hard and fast rule of goalies don't play on back-to-backs. It's really a case-by-case basis. Really was determined probably that Carter wasn't going to play on this back-to-back, A, because he played the first three games, and B, the workload in Tampa was significant. He saw 39 shots in the game, made 37 saves. And it's not just about the volume of shots sometimes. It's about the amount of time the opposition spends in the offensive zone. Because that's, even if a shot doesn't come and a team is in the offensive zone for two minutes, just because a shot never made its way to the net doesn't mean that goalie wasn't working. The exertion levels, you're constantly engaged when that puck's in the zone. All the movements are the same, whether a puck gets there essentially or not because you're constantly reading the play and putting yourself in a position to make those plays. And we know watching that game on Tuesday night in Tampa that they certainly, especially in that first period, had a ton of offensive zone time. Late in the game they did as well. And they certainly had an edge in the possession and territorial battle in that hockey game. So how the Flyers will respond coming up on Saturday, you know, the old saying is you don't let one loss turn into two. The Flyers back in the 1920 season after the new year, I think from January 3rd or January 6th, didn't lose back-to-back games till the second round of the bubble when they went down three games to one against the Islanders. You know, it's hard uh, to come back after a loss and, and grab a win against a good opponent, another game on the road, but that's what needs to be done. And we'll see if that's an identity of this team. They've certainly shown a high level of resilience so far this season and not folding up shop when they go down a couple goals early or circumstance doesn't go their way. Like in that game last night, the first goal, they're down 2 nothing, and they score a goal. It ultimately gets challenged by Florida for offsides because Joel Farabee beat it in and he didn't have full possession of the puck, and that went against them. So that goal comes off the board. They still battled back and got the game tied. So you like the resilience that you're seeing out of this team early in the season. One of those non-negotiable traits of John Tortorella teams that we're seeing here early on. So 
Good opportunity on Saturday to go to Nashville. Team that's kind of scrapping to get by a little bit right now and uh, see if you can get a win on the road there and then come back to the Wells Fargo Center on Saturday, take on the San Jose Sharks. Then you got a, a couple days off because you're going to go from Sunday to Thursday where they don't play. They'll see Florida again on Thursday at Wells Fargo Center, and then they'll round out the month of uh, October, first month of the season, with a game against the Carolina Hurricanes. So some tough opponents in there. San Jose, not so much one of them, but good opportunity to look at this now and not let the one loss turn into two. Now, one of the things that we've talked about quite a bit here on Flyers Daily, and I just wanted to revisit it really quickly on this episode is, you know, we did a whole episode about your mentality going into the season, your expectations, you know, what you need to see. Talk about getting something out of this season. And we've kind of gone through the gamut of emotions already here early on. You're looking at it going, okay, they don't have the high-end talent they need to ultimately contend for the cup. But, and the only way to get that really is to draft at the top of the drafts. And you see this draft with obviously Bedard, Fantilli, and Mishkov, and you see these players and go, I I want one of those. I want Bedard. And you can kind of get caught up in not desiring the result you get, even though it's a positive result, like a win. And, you know, I've seen some people on social media kind of speaking to this, going, oh, they're messing it up. When they need to lose, they can't even do that right. Look, losing on purpose in sports, I think, is always bad. Very bad. To me, that's an infection. That's something you can't let players ever know is okay. And you certainly can't do it on purpose. You have to let the chips fall where they fall. So it's one of those things as we're, you know, about a week in now. I mean, the season started a week ago today. Flyers are three and one. It's a good start. I'm not going crazy and changing my expectations for what will happen this year. Ultimately, after all 82 games are said and done, there's still a lot of information to gather, and there's a ton of hockey left. But I was on Twitter, and I saw this tweet from Anthony DeGrazio, who I follow. He's a good hockey guy, played played at a high level as a kid, played with Gaudreau, I believe, and played in college, and you know, good hockey mind. And he put this string of tweets together that I want to read because I thought – he encapsulated it really well, kind of where I am as well. I don't like it because I agree with it. I thought it was just encapsulated really well. And here's what he said yesterday. He said, whether it's a bottom dweller, middle of the pack, or a playoff team, I just want to watch enjoyable hockey that has a future. He went on to say, a team playing as a unit signals a lot of things. Players are playing their roles. For example, TK on the penalty kill and D'Angelo on the first power play. This team is buying in which also means that they know they are going to be held accountable for their play. Still going to be a long season, but I'm already seeing progress. Hopefully it can continue. And I think that's there's so many good points in there. You know, sports are about, in, there's a lot of failure in sports, like baseball. If you bat 250, that's good. That means you've only failed three out of four times. Or, you know, in Philadelphia sports, You're not going to win a championship every year, even though you have four pro teams. So there are seasons, and there's been a lot of losses and heartbreak and scar tissue and all those things as a Philadelphia sports fan. If if winning in this situation will make you miserable, then 
that's I mean that's really difficult. You're compounding the problem. This three no start. I don't know what it's going to mean. All said and done, I really don't. I'm skeptical about what it'll mean. It's a good start. Am I enjoying it? Absolutely. These have been fun games to watch. Beating the New Jersey Devils five to two was a fun game to watch. That's a team that was picked to battle for a playoff spot this year. They finished two points ahead of the Flyers last year. Yeah, they got some young, good players and Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer and others. But I haven't seen enough to prove that to me just yet. And I wonder about the coach with Lindy Ruff. I, I, game two of the season at Wells Fargo Center was another really enjoyable hockey game to watch. And, hey, there was some tension in it. Those things are good. Some good play execution. Was it perfect always? No. The goaltending has been unbelievable. I mean, the Canucks blow a 2-0 lead after blowing a 3-0 lead against Edmonton to open the season. Beating Thatcher Demko, the play Konechny makes to Scott Lawton. That was beautiful hockey to watch. Then you go on the road. Tampa's home opener. Been to three straight cup finals. Won two of them. And that's a team you go, this is probably the spot where a little realism comes into play. Flyers in that game. Go down. 2-0. Go into the third period, down a goal. Get a power play goal. They have a power play goal in every game so far this season when they're coming off a year where they had a 12.7 power play percentage last year, the worst in the NHL, and they have a power play goal in every game, and they come back and they beat the Lightning and Andre Vasilevsky. And the guy that makes the play of the game is Noah Cates, who played in 15 NHL games last year. And a guy who went in there, and I saw a lot of people post this on Twitter, so I'm not going to take credit for it, but there was a lot of Mike Richards elements to that goal by Noah Cates. Tenacious on the forecheck, resilience to keep at it, eventually winning the puck, turnaround shot, bar down to beat Vasilevsky high blocker. That was great. Even last night, the loss against Florida, they go down 2 nothing, and you're going, two Verhage goals, you're going, okay, th- this is the night. It really catches up to them. Then Nick Sealer scores, joining the rush. JVR gets another power play goal. They end up losing 4-3. to three. But I got to say, for the two hours and 40 minutes, however long the game was, I was entertained. I saw some good goaltending from Sergei Bobrovsky on some great flyer chances. I saw some really good play execution. Early in the season, I saw some mistakes. Like I said, I didn't like that last goal, the fourth goal, that Felix Sandstrom gave up. So it wasn't perfect, but it was entertaining. I'm enjoying it. I just want to enjoy when things are a good result. I think we have to enjoy it. Look at me with like a positive message in the morning for the Flyers Daily audience. (laughs) Well, I don't know. That's just where I am on it. And I thought that uh, Anthony DeGrazia did a good job kind of summing up my thoughts and a lot of people's thoughts. Is it progress? If it sustains, it is. Right now, it's a small sample size. But it's been enjoyable. Hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another brand new episode of Flyers Daily.